Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. But I want to turn your attention and by way of encouragement tonight to a story which is actually an account. There's a difference between an account and a story. A story is something that is made up. But an account is something that actually happened. And often we use from the pulpit the word story and account interchangeably. But it can be misleading because sometimes we tell such a great story, we forget that it's actually happened. It's actually a, an account, a historical account. And what I want to talk to you about tonight is not just a story. It's not one of the parables that Jesus told. This actually took place. And uh, it's found in the book of Second Kings, Second Kings in chapter 7. And uh, I want to just quickly read through it and then make a few points. And then we're going to pray and sing and do whatever it is that God leads us to do this morning, this evening, tonight. And it starts in verse 1 with a man by the name of Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. He was one of those that God spoke to in a special way. And he brought the word of the Lord to the people. And... Uh, it says, Elisha said, listen, God's word. The famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful and a handful, uh, uh, and a handful of meal for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. The attendant on whom the king leaned for support said to the holy man, you're expecting us to believe that? Trap doors opening from the sky and food tumbling out. You'll watch it with your own eyes, Elisha said, but you will not eat so much as a mouthful. It happened that four lepers were sitting just outside the city gate and they said to one another, what are we doing sitting here at death's door? If we enter the famine struck city, we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's take our chances in the camp of Aram and throw ourselves at their mercy. And if they receive us, we live. And if they kill us, we die. We've got nothing to lose. So after the sun went down, they got up and they went to the camp of Aram. When they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, not a man in the camp. The master had made the army of Aram hear the sound of horses and a mighty army on the march. They told one another, the king of Israel hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to attack us. Panicked, they ran for their lives through the darkness, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, the whole camp just as it was, running for dear life. <laughs> These four lepers entered the camp went into a tent. First, they ate and drank. Then they grabbed the silver and the gold and the clothing and they went off and hid it. And they came back and entered another tent and looted it. And again, they hid the plunder. Finally, they said to one another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a day of good news and we're making it into a private party. If we wait around until morning, We'll get caught and punished. Come on. 
Let's go tell the good news to the king's palace. So they went and called out at the city gate, telling what had happened. We went to the king of Aram and surprised the place was deserted. Not a soul, not a sound. Horses and donkeys left, tethered and tents abandoned, just as they were. This is not just a story. This is an account. This is a fact. This actually took place. And through this account, there's a few things that it tells me about God. I would look at these few things tonight and then we'll move and do whatever it is that God would have us to do off the back of that. But the first thing that stands out to me about this account, and I want you to be encouraged by this thought, that God is always in control. No matter what you are going through and no matter how bleak or how bad it may feel or sound, God is always in control. You see, this city of Samaria had been under siege for a long time. Everyone say long time. It's one thing to be uh, under a siege for a short time. It's one thing to be going through a problem for a short time. But when that problem becomes a long time thing, it can wear you down. And this siege had not been going on for a day, a week, a month. It had been going on for a long, long time. And with every day that the siege had been going on, people were becoming more and more disheartened. Maybe you find yourself in that place tonight. Well, take heart. God is always in control. And because of this siege that had been going on for a long time, a severe famine broke out in the land. They couldn't get any food into the city because the siege was so great. And the Bible tells us that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels. And 80 shekels is about 75 kilos of silver, which was a lot of money at that time as it would be today. Just for a donkey's head, never mind the whole donkey. The famine was so bad that they began to eat their own flesh and blood. One woman came to the king with a complaint. She said, King, 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 um, yesterday we killed and cooked and ate my child. This is how bad it had got. And today we had made a pact that we would eat my child yesterday and her child today. And the king tore his clothes and said, how has it got this bad? This is a pretty bad day when you're eating your own children. They say desperate times call for desperate measures, but wow, this is on the brink. What can we take from this? No matter what you're going through, God is always in control. In the middle of this depravity, in the middle of this horrible circumstance and situation, the man of God rocks up. And he declares with a loud voice, guys, the famine is over. But the attendant who was leaning on the king began to mock and be cynical and critical. You know, whenever there is the voice of God, there will always be the voice of reason. 
Elisha comes with the voice of revelation and what counteracts the voice of revelation every time is the voice of reason. And no sooner had Elisha said the famine is over, the voice of reason gets in. And for many of us, we hear God, that's not the problem. It's that we don't place enough importance on the God that we hear. It's the second voice that we listen to, the voice of reason. We can be in a moment like this and, and you hear God loves you. We say, yes, and we can find hope in the fact that God loves us. But then we talk ourselves out of it because the voice of reason gets in. How could He love me? I'm not pretty enough. I've made too many mistakes. But Elisha's voice was declaring, you know what? God is always in control. And Elisha never allowed the voice of reason to override the voice of revelation. I'm believing as I'm speaking to you tonight, the voice of revelation is going to come. And that voice of revelation has to combat the voice of reason. And that's why we're just going to hang a little bit tonight. And we're going to sing after and just sit in this moment. That the voice of revelation would grow stronger and stronger. And the voice of reason would become weaker and weaker. The voice of revelation was so strong, Elisha was able to say, what I've said is true, and you'll see it with your own eyes, but because of your cynicism and because of your negativity, you will not take one mouthful of it. So strong was the voice of revelation in Elisha's life. First thing we can learn about God from this account is that God is always in control. Secondly, that God is drawn to movement. You see, with this siege going on and this famine, it equaled a stalemate. No one was going into the city. No one was coming out of the city. And it took four lepers, four outcasts, four lowerly types to get things moving. See, lepers were those outcasts. They were the people that couldn't feel physical pain. And as a result of not being able to feel physical pain, their skin began to get diseased. And certain limbs, because of the disease, would fall off. And they were declared unclean. And so there was a leper colony outside of the city. And they were not allowed to go inside the city. They were outcasts. Isn't it good to know that God can still use outcasts? It doesn't matter your address. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. God can use you. And it took these four lepers to get things moving. Because they were lepers, they were not allowed into the city. Because the city was locked up, under siege, no one would come to the leper colony to feed them, as would have been the case prior to that siege. And so these four lepers realised that if, if we go to our, the city, they're going to kill us. If we stay here in the leper colony, 
we're going to die. It's pretty bleak. But then they came up with this crazy, everyone say crazy. I mean, this is a crazy idea. They said, why don't we just go to the enemy and just surrender ourselves? Because who knows? Just maybe they'll spare our lives. But even if they don't and they kill us, we're still no worse off. We've got nothing to lose. See, sometimes God only moves when we get desperate enough. Sometimes we sit back waiting for God to move, but God is sitting back waiting for us to move. God is drawn to movement. And it was as these four men began to move, God began to act. God is always in control. God is drawn to movement. And thirdly, something we can draw from God is that God can do big things with little steps. See, often we don't move because we think we've got nothing to offer. But these were four lepers. They were outcasts. But they came up with this crazy plan that if we just go to the enemy and surrender ourselves, just maybe they'll spare our lives. And I don't know what it looked like for them that day, but they just started. They just started walking. To them at that moment, this is all it looked like. It wasn't sexy, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't powerful. It was just them walking from A to B, walking straight into the enemy. I don't know how excited about it they were. I don't know how faith-filled they were, but they just did it. And sometimes when we read our Bible, we, we feel like, what's the point of that? It's cold. It's first thing in the morning. We're reading through the book of Revelation. We didn't understand a thing. What's the point of that? No voice from heaven, no angels dancing in front of us, nothing. But it's amazing just the small steps of opening the Bible and spending that moment in that day, day by day. It's amazing what God can do and what God can get on when we are just obedient and faithful with the little things. And so here's these four men, they're just walking. And to them, this is all they look like. The Bible says they went at night, probably for two reasons. The practical reasons, because it's not as hot in the daytime or at night as it is in the daytime. So a bit of smarts there. But maybe it's because they were just terrified and scared stiff. That if we do it at night, at least no one will see us. Which is another lesson we can learn. You might be scared, but do it scared. And so here they are in the middle of the night, just walking. No angels. No massive revelation. Just getting something moving. But what we don't see when we do that is things from God's perspective. 
Those small steps of faith, those small steps of obedience does something in the heart of God. It excites God. God can, can, can do something with our small steps. You may not be able to take the big steps. You may be too tired and too weary to take the big steps. To you, I'd say this, take the baby steps. Just take your step. And as these four lepers just started walking, what they didn't know is what God was doing behind the scenes. What they didn't know is what God was doing with each step that they took. You see, God is always doing more behind our back than He's doing in front of our face. Because God is drawn to movement and He can do big things with our little steps. And so as these four men set out, God sits up in heaven and says, Oh, look, I can work with that. I can't work with just sitting there in fear, but I can work with a plan. I can work with movement. Have you ever tried to steer a car that is not moving? You will do yourself a mischief, I tell you. You'll end up having to have an operation, but when the car's moving, it's easier to turn. And God sees these four outcasts, these four lepers moving toward the enemy's camp. They go, oh God, God gets on that. I can use that. Remember, God's always in control. God's got a plan. He's just looking for someone to do something. Maybe for you, it's just, He's just waiting for you. Just sing. Sing hallelujah. I'm a God who's worthy of praise. Just sing. No, I'm not going to sing. Oh my God, just sing, please. Just sing. I can get on those words. Even if you don't believe it, man, it's amazing when you start speaking, when you start singing, how your attitude can change. Just start singing. Little things that make a big difference. And what these four lepers did not know is what God was doing with each footstep. See, to them, all they could hear was their heart beating out of their chest. All they could hear was their negative thoughts. All they could hear is their self-talk and the arguments going on in their head. What if, what if, what if, what about? But with each step, God was able to do something with it. You see, as they put their foot in the sand, they couldn't hear anything. But God turned each step in the sand into a massive noise. To them, this is all they could hear. Silence. But God got on each step. And He made each step sound much louder in the enemy's hearing. And so as they were walking, God was putting a little bit of bass into the mix. God was putting a little bit of volume on each step. And so in the enemy's hearing, 
It wasn't silence they heard. It was... And to the enemy, they heard a vast army coming. And they themselves began to fear. And they themselves began to worry. And it says every person to a man, including the king himself, dropped everything and just fled for their lives. What they were running away from There's four lepers. Because in their hearing, it wasn't four lepers they heard, but they heard a mighty army walking toward them with each step that they took. It's amazing what God can do. Your situation may seem dire, but know this, that God is doing more behind your back than He's doing in front of your face. And the Bible records that these men, they ate and drank. They took the silver and they took the gold, took some horses, they hid them. Then they did it again. What can we learn? That God's always in control. That God is drawn to movement. That God can do big things with little steps. And my last point is this, that God expects us to share what we've received. You see, as they were eating and drinking, and as they were hiding their plunder, they were conscience stricken. They knew like they knew that they were doing the wrong thing, not sharing this good news. What God wants to do in our life is too good to keep to ourselves. He wants us to share it with others. And so that's exactly what they did. They went back. They told the others. The others went there and received the food and the drink and the plunder. And now not only they were blessed, but others were blessed. We've been blessed by God to be a blessing to others. And in so doing, the prophetic word was fulfilled. There was an economic turnaround, just like the man of God said. He said, within a day, there's going to be a turnaround. And that's exactly what happened. That wouldn't have happened if those lepers hadn't shared the good news. I believe there's things that God wants to do, but it's not going to happen if we remain selfish with the good things that God is doing. And as they shared it, others were blessed. The prophetic word was fulfilled on two counts. One, economic turnaround. And two, the attendant who mocked. He did see the turnaround. But the king sent him down to the gate just to keep an eye on things. But there was such a rush back into the city 
till he got trampled to death. Having seen it, but having not received one mouthful. God's doing more behind our backs than he's doing in front of our face. It also tells me that God will take care of our enemies. That God will take care of those who persecute. He'll take care of the opponents. That's not our job. Our job is to keep our eyes on God. Amen. God is a good God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 